welcome to the Skin in the City podcast. The city may not be for everyone, but skin is. I'm Casey Boone. And I'm Haley Kerfis, and we're here to have some fun. After 15 years in the beauty industry, I know a few things about skin. Join me and my friends to learn all about skincare, being an esthetician, and what it takes to be in this industry. Today's episode is brought to you by Glow Skin Care's Glow Towel. These are the perfect facial towel for any esthetician. These are really a must-have. These towels cover the face, neck, and decollete with one easy-to-use towel. They're made with the super, super soft microfiber, and it's great. They have a slit down the middle, so it's going to easily let your client breathe. These are available at GlowSkinCareLA.com. You're going to click Shop. Glow Skin Care, and select as many towels as you want. We also have a 5% off discount you can use. Use code SKINANDTHECITY for 5% off your order. The city may not be for everyone, but skin is. Welcome to Skin and the City. This is a podcast for estheticians. We also have a magazine. This is a magazine and a podcast. It's more than a magazine and a podcast, though. This is a lifestyle of an esthetician. Right, Haley? Yeah, I'm so excited because today we have Ryan Christopher on the podcast. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you. If you don't know who Ryan is or Mr. RC, as we're calling Mm -hmm. him in the magazine, go check him out. Make sure you're following him at beauty underscore by Ryan on Instagram. You can also follow his personal account, which is at RC Skincare on Instagram. Ryan is a really good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. So I'm lucky enough to have all these really cool friends that I've met in the industry. And I just felt like Ryan, he just needed to be first. Ryan is so smart. He has so much knowledge on so many different facets of the industry. He's been in the industry, I think, over 17 years. Mm -hmm. I think he said he started in 2004. He's a massage therapist. He's an esthetician. He's a makeup artist. He's really done it all. And now he is the global educator of cosmetics. Like, whoa. That's That's a great title. It really is a really great title. It's a fancy name. If you guys also don't know, I love cosmetics. I use cosmetic skincare in my treatment room, on myself, on Haley, on anyone I can get my hands on. (laughs) So we talk a little bit about cosmetics. You know, Ryan just likes to peel back the curtain and give it to you straight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I learned so much. I think you're going to love everything he has to say and strap your boots on because this is going to be a load of education. It is a load of education with a little fun twist. He's got a good glow tip for you guys or a few glow tips. Mm -hmm. We talk a little bit personal because like I said, Ryan and I, We've become friends. I really think Ryan is like my true SD bestie. Like I can't think of anyone else that I talk more like skincare shop. I love that. Yeah, he just gets it. He gets everything about this industry. Like I said, he's literally done like lived and worked in every facet of the industry from creating products to selling them to running a business to having a clientele like to educating estheticians. He just has so much knowledge. So this is just kind of like a fun little introductory episode, Mm -hmm. but Ryan's going to be one of our regular guests on the podcast. So 
If you don't know who he is, like I said, go follow him, go check him out. He's got his own blog that he just launched, which is beautybyryan.com. And, you know, we're just here to give you a ton more information on all aspects of being an esthetician. So if you have future questions for me, for Haley, or for Ryan, text us. So then we can get Ryan back on here and mm-hmm. answer more of your questions. Haley, as always, will you give us the phone number? I'm going to hit you with that number. It's 747-444-4318. Be sure to include your name, mailing address, email, and any questions you may have. And also for some of you, let's say like the first five, right? Mm-hmm. First five people that text us, Haley will send you actually our new intern. Her name is Kim, and we're calling her the Kim turn. Like, I already posted it on Instagram, and people were dying. Good. So, Kim Hirsch, our mother, (laughs) the Kim turn, will be mailing you a postcard, a sticker, a love note, something fun in the mail. Something fun in the mail. Also, one more thing if you love us, if you love this podcast, and you have two seconds, write us a review. We'd really appreciate it. It helps boost this podcast, it keeps us going. And we love you and we appreciate all of the support we're already getting. And we're only on episode five. It's awesome. We can't thank you enough. We cannot thank you enough. We hope you enjoy this episode. And that's it. Cheers. Cheers. This is Skin and the City. What city are you from? (laughs) Well, hello, Skin and the City. Right? (laughs) My name is Ryan Christopher. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) I am originally from Atlanta. Actually, there's a funny joke about being from Georgia, because if you ask someone from Georgia where they're from or where they're born, they won't just say, oh, I was born in Georgia. They'll say the specific city and they'll name Mm -hmm. the hospital, which is the absolute truth. If you stop anyone in the state of Georgia and ask them where they were born, they will tell you the name of the hospital that they were born at. So I was born at DeKalb General. In Decatur, Georgia. (laughs) Decatur is a little suburb of Atlanta. So yeah, I was born in Atlanta. And I love this place. I love the South. I will never live anywhere where it snows. I just won't. You know, I've driven through the Canadian Rockies in February at a time where avalanches were very real. And I should not have been there, but I was doing it for work because I'm such a good employee. I hope my boss is listening. And then also I've driven through Manhattan, you know, in the snow driven through Colorado in the snow. I've been in snow, but I will never live in a snowy climate. So I love the South for that very reason. I love it that we don't have winter here. You know, I mean, we'll have a few weeks and we had a few weeks between December and January where the temperature got down to freezing like late at night. But other than that, Mm -hmm. I mean, I really love living in the South for that very reason. (laughs) I mean, I love the South. I love Atlanta. So mm-hmm. I don't blame you. We had such a great yeah. trip. I, you guys need to come back. I know. I know. I've never I been. Know. Oh, yeah. We need oh. to have another Atlanta adventure. But remember, that you have to fun. come to Atlanta spring. early spring. You have to come between Easter and Memorial Day weekend. So I'm know. open. Haley's open. <laughs> She's like, yep. And I'm there. I'm coming. I'm there. Side note, if Anyone didn't realize Ryan and I are like actual real friends. Like, <laughs> yes. But yes. I'm also not just having you on. The, I mean, I am having you on the podcast because I like to talk to you because you're my friend. 
but also because you have so much great information as a business owner, as an educator, as an esthetician. I could keep going on and on. And just on. a random real- person in life, you know. That- you no, know, you are a friend, like a true friend. Like yes, we yes, we are good friends. I meant to say I have Brandon. lots of random life thoughts, like just. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, random life thoughts. We have a lot of those. We talk about all sorts of random life thoughts. Yes. But I just I do have to say one little story when we actually met because we did meet through cosmetics. Yes. But our relationship has literally nothing to do about cosmetics, <laughs> even though we talk about it a lot because hello, like you're my SD bestie. So yep. of course we're gonna talk shop. Of course, of and course. Skincare and yes. cosmetics and yes. all the gossip. But I specifically remember the day that I met you when you came into glow and we had like a conversation I think we did like an Instagram live and all this stuff and this when I was first like building my Instagram like yes I feel like I just came on the radar to you guys you're like oh who is this girl she you did things yeah so thank you for because you guys really helped you know like elevate you know my career my business of course and I just remember going home that night and telling Brandon I'm like I'm going to be friends with him. Like we're friends. Like, if we, like if I said, like if we lived in the same city, I feel like we'd like be BFF. But totally. like, we're going to be friends. But like, I didn't know if it would really like come. I just got a good feeling from you. you yeah. Know? You know, there's a difference between like networking with someone. And then I was like, wait, no, like I was like, I really like you. And yeah. then I came to Atlanta to do some stuff with cosmetics. We went out, we had a great time. And then you invited us back and I was like, okay, yeah, like, no, we're coming. <laughs> and like, oh. we booked a flight, like, I think as soon as I got home. Oh, that and was the, the funniest is, thing. I know. The rest is history. I remember I was driving you back to the hotel from the dinner and you were flying out the next day. You'd been with us for a few days. And I said, you know, oh yeah, if you and Brandon should come back to Atlanta, you can stay with me at my place. We'll have a weekend. I'll show you around the town. And I was being sincere. It'll just throw yeah. that out there. But I mean, I just remember looking over. I mean, you looked me dead in the eyes and was like, okay, I'm taking you up on that. Yeah. Like there was like this That's so moment where you were like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you were see, like, see not more than 48 hours later, like messaging me. Like, hey, Brandon like, and I here's talked my itinerary. About it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Brandon and I talked. Itinerary. We're going to set some dates. We're going to come down. And you did. Yeah. Like we had yeah. such a good time. It was such a great weekend. <laughs> Yeah. So for anyone out there, if you invite me, be careful because I will show up. Yes, you will. No, but not just for anybody, only if I like you. Right, you know? right. That's another thing. So, you know, I was like, are you sure you're inviting me? Because I'm going to come. Sure. <laughs> I'm a lot. I'm coming. I'm a lot. I'm coming. Yeah. And we had a great trip. Yes, yes. And we will have more future oh, great trips. One of these days, one of these days, we were very overdue to see each other. We had I so know. Many grand plans for 2020. But you know what? Here we are now. Here we are um, now. 2021. Okay, 2021, at the beginning of every episode, I like to give the audience a glow tip, right? So this can be a skincare tip. This can be a treatment room tip, a business tip, anything that like, you know, someone could implement to benefit themselves as an esthetician. If that's too vague, I can break it down for you. Do you have a simple (laughs) glow tip for our listeners? A simple glow tip, something that could be in the treatment room, professionally yeah. related, or it can be as simple as like you need to be double cleansing your clients. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's something that I <laughs> have been preaching for many years, and I don't think yeah. I will ever, ever, ever stop. Oh, I um, have an idea slash question, maybe that might help. Like, do you have like a specific facial massage technique that like everyone could do that you can explain really well? 
I don't. I mean, you can go to my website, beautybyryan.com, and you mm-hmm. can check out the facial massage benefits blog, which comes with a YouTube video right at the top of the page. So watch that video because I actually talk about three specific muscles on the face and show how to massage them in order to get relaxation. But I actually show like the specific direction that you want to massage these muscles in order to get the ultimate relaxation in order to smooth wrinkles. But as far as an actual routine, we've had the request at Cosmetics to create like a massage routine. And I've never created one because Cosmetics, in my mind, has always been positioned as, you know, a more clinical brand. We're not like a European sensorial brand where we have like a step-by-step cleansing routine. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have protocols for you to follow for the treatments themselves. But I think when it comes down to the massage, as long as you're doing a thorough massage, following all the techniques, then whatever routine you want to do is still going to be thorough, right? There is, as far as a massage technique, there is one thing that I love to do in my facials that I incorporate from my massage days. It's called a suboccipital release that's right at the base of the skull. So you basically take both of your hands and you create just like a row with your fingertips on both hands. So you just press your fingertips all together so that they're in one nice single row. And when you scoop up under your client's head, you pick up their whole head and you take that row of your fingertips. And first you find what we call the EOP, the external occipital protuberance, that big old bump on the back of your head that we all feel, you know? But then right underneath that bump, it's almost like a shelf that just drops off. And that's where the base of your skull begins to drop. And then there's a lot of connective tissue. There's a lot of tendons and muscular connections right there. And then your atlas and your C1 of your cervical spine is right there. So if you just scoop up the whole head, get your fingers in this row, and then press your fingers just straight up into the neck, right under the base of that EOP where the skull drops off and the top of the cervical spine begins, you're not going to damage anything. You just have the client relax their head. And I usually tell my clients, you know, hey, you know, take a deep breath, try to relax the weight of your head in my hands. And as they breathe and relax, the top of their head will fall back more and the tip of their chin will start to point up towards the ceiling because of the pressure that you're applying at the base of the skull with your fingertips, right? Now you have your hands laying on the treatment table. You have to make sure that they're completely supported because your fingers, you want to keep them locked in a straight position the whole time. And you want to hold this for at least 60 seconds. If you can hold this position for, you know, two to three minutes, just asking your client to take some deep breaths, then you'll just every time they take a deep breath, and you hold your fingers in this row, you'll feel the connective tissue and the muscle tissue and everything kind of start to soften. And you will actually feel your fingers sink into the tissue a little bit more. So the more you hold it, the more of a release you're going to get. Just ask the client to keep taking these deep breaths. And then when you're ready to release, you just slowly slide your hands. You release that fingertip pressure and you slide your hands up and out from underneath your client's head, just kind of like pulling on their head just slightly to extend the neck, you know, kind of creating some circulation in that area where you just loosened all that soft tissue and that muscle and then bring your hands away and just kind of let there be like a moment of rest for them and their brains to kind of feel what you just did because they will feel kind of this wave of circulation happen in the back Mm -hmm. of their neck and go down into their upper shoulders. And it has a prolonged effect because where your fingertips are holding is 
right at the spot of multiple points of very important functional muscles that are connecting to the back of the skull. So we're talking about your levator scapula muscle that attaches to your shoulder blade. We're talking about multiple points of your trapezius muscle, which is that massive muscle at the top of our shoulders that we love to have massaged. Even your latissimus dorsi, which is the biggest muscle on our entire torso that's on our back, it runs up through connective tissue and connects to the back of your skull. So, I mean, there's just such an important point to hold. And if you can do that hold and hold it successfully, and like I said, hold it for at least 60 seconds, but I always do it for sometimes up to five minutes if my fingertips can kind of take it, but it sends your client into a whole nother world of relaxation, you know? They absolutely like now. It sounds it. amazing. I'm like, I want to go home and do that to my husband. <laughs> <laughs> they even make, I don't know if you've seen these in advertisements. It's like a little block that it looks like two tennis ball halves mm-hmm. that have been kind of meshed together. Yeah. So that, yeah. there's just a little ridge. I forget what they're called, but you can order them and you just lay on the floor and position that little spot in the same exact spot. And you just sit there and it's meant to be like a cervical decompression tool mm-hmm. where you can release muscle tension and pressure on your neck and help to eliminate headaches and migraines. So it's a wonderful stretch to do. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Guys, try it and let us know. Let Ryan know how you like it. Yeah, I'd say yeah. start with 60 seconds if you haven't done it before, just for like for your own it's, personal like strength yeah. in your hands. It really does. Especially the dexterity in your fingertips and strength in your fingertips. If you haven't done it, you cannot have nails. No. cannot have nails. I'm glad okay. that I said, I'm like, if you have nails and you go, you're going to gouge It's not going to feel good whatsoever. Like you have to be a real esthetician and like have your fingernails filed down soft curve on the top so that there's nothing poking into the back of their neck. You cannot have nails and do this. You will probably murder your client. (laughs) You probably will. And I'm going to just throw in my glow tip. And Ryan, I think you agree with me on this. Yes. If you are an esthetician doing facials, you shouldn't have long nails to begin with. Oh yeah, no. I know people have other opinions, but Ryan and I, no no nails, you guys. No nails. It's just, it's not good. And, you know, so many things can happen. I mean, you keep your nails done. You know, I go and get manicures constantly. Keep your nails done. But I mean, you have to watch out. It can't have an edge. It can't have a point or a tip. You know, we're doing a lot of massage anyway. So, you know, whether you think you're doing it or not, if you have nails, I guarantee you, you've scratched or clawed your clients at some point in the service and not even realized it. The clients are nice. They're not going to say anything. But I have been the client many times where, you know, our massage routines are very repetitive. So, you know, right. It just keeps happening. It's like you do that one stroke repetitively. And if you have like a little hangnail or something or like an edge and it's like, yeah, it's like, ow, ow. And there she goes again. Ow. Oh, there she comes again. Ow. You know, I'm like, I'm like, just constantly. Like, (laughs) I don't do it anymore. It's a good glow tip. I mean, keep the nails short, keep them clean. Yeah. I mean, I think having good, clean nails and good, clean hands is just as important as having a clean face. You know, I mean, we are walking billboards. So I mean, you have to keep it together. I laugh, you know, this is the first year where all of the major trade shows that estheticians would go visit, like the New York trade show that's always in March. There's one that I've always participated in in Chicago around April, the Vegas show in June, you know, all of those are canceled. You know, they're not doing them at all. But it makes me think I'm not actually upset that I'm missing these because to operate in those shows as a vendor and like, oh, 
it's a nightmare. But what I will say is, especially the New York show, I would walk the New York show floor every year. I just, I love my East Coast people. My East Coast people, you know, they're just not like West Coast people, okay? Yeah. East Coast people. I know. We're all about the hustle. We're all about the business mm-hmm. and getting the work done. And on the East Coast, it doesn't matter what you look like, right? So we right. get, when you're at the New York show at the Javits Center in March, you'll be at these booths with like these old, like I'm talking old Long Island ladies with like wrinkles to the floor. Like I saw them on their smoke break, you know, prior to the show outside the Javits Center, just puffing away on a pack of cigarettes. And they will just sit there and try to hawk you their skincare. They'll be like, oh, and of course, it's always some old Russian lady, you know, she's like, oh, this is like uh, facelift, facelift in a bottle. You will love this serum. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, well, why don't you use it? I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not miss those trade shows. But yes, you know, looking the part is very much an esthetician thing. And it's very much yeah. a West Coast thing because, you know, <laughs> it, is, it is, it is, you know, but I think it should be an everybody thing. You know? It should be an everybody thing. And now, of yeah. course, since we're all trying to look our best on social media. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That needs to translate over into your business or your spa or wherever you're working, right? Just look clean and professional. Even if that's where you're wearing scrubs, look clean, yes. your hair back. Look no clean and professional. You know what? I think back because I caused myself a lot of stress not deciding on just one professional uniform. And, you know, if I go back into full-time practice, then I will definitely just have one standard thing that I wear, whether it's just a basic, I don't think it would be a basic scrub outfit. I really like scrub pants, but I don't like scrub tops. I like some of the more spa fitted uniform tops that kind of have the zip up and maybe like Mm -hmm. the nice little Mandarin collar. It just Mm -hmm. looks like really clean little matrix ish, you know, but I mean, I would totally just have multiple versions of that in the closet. And when I go to work, that's what I wear. Like that's my stand. I'm like, who am I trying to impress? I'm going to work to do these clinical services. It's not about me. It's about my client. Right. Right. So totally. Yeah. With that a hundred percent, whatever you feel comfortable with, but make sure you're looking put together. Make sure you're looking put together. Yes. And then let the client do the talking. That's my other glow tip because I was actually just receiving a service not too long ago at a place. I've been trying to be like supportive of local businesses lately and just where I see I can go and do it safely. I will go out and schedule a service. And I went to go get a service. These people, you know, did not know who I was or my place in the industry or anything like that. I was just a client, right? And unfortunately, the technicians there that were working at the spot were the kind of people that just were just talking nonstop. Like they were talking to each other. They were talking to me, but they were talking about themselves. Like I walked into a spa that was already having their own party and had nothing to do with me whatsoever. So while I was receiving my service, it was great. And everybody was really, really nice. I mean, nobody was rude whatsoever. But I know more about those people's personal lives than I should ever know. And I don't even know who these people are. And I'm not going to go back because I learned way too much about people that I've never met before. And <laughs> that's not what you want when you're going to get a service. You're going it's not to what like you want when you're going to get a service. Self-care moment. This exactly. Is not, as practitioners in the treatment room, we should not be blabbing all of our personal information unless we eventually establish that kind of relationship and the right. client asks. Yeah, exactly. You know? But it's basic psychology too. People like to talk about themselves. So if you want to guarantee that your clients have a positive experience when they come to see you, 
ask them questions about them, you know, like ask them questions, get them to talk to you about what they do and their lives and what they're up to, you know, it all plays into your service and your skin analysis anyway. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the first few things that I say when I have a client and if it's a new client, it's like, you know, after I ask them all the things, right. The, are you allergic and concerns and all that stuff? I have a whole spiel with that, which maybe we'll get into one day. Then it's like, I'm going to let you relax. Let me know if you have any questions along the way. Yeah. And that, you know, if they want to ask me, I don't care what they ask me if they want to ask, or we just have a nice quiet time. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. Just make it really simple for them. Yeah. That's amazing. Excited to be doing this. Oh, this is going to be so much fun. You're our first guest. And, you know, ideally, I feel like you need to be a regular character. I'm down with being a regular character. Yay! (laughs) I am down. Okay, good. I was like, I feel like just between the magazine and this and you're doing your own blog, it's just like cross promoting, right? Of course. So off on the cross promoting. Well, and that's how it works, right? I mean, we all come together as a community. We support each other's businesses, profiles. We help each other's profiles. That's awesome. I love this. I love the industry, but I love this in particular. And let me just say, uh, the magazine is right here on my nightstand, and I absolutely love it. The physical copy is gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you. We're very proud of it. It's like crazy to like have it in our hands, like in person, you know? Yeah, it is. I know, because I had gone through every single page when it was on digital the day that you launched it, right? You know, I looked at it on my tablet. I looked at it on my laptop. Like I had gone through and just looked at every page. (laughs) Like, this is so awesome. I was so excited. But it's just a whole nother world when you see it in person as well. Mm -hmm. You have that physical copy. Yeah, the physical copy is where it's at. It's so funny. Some of the girls were telling me like, they're like, it's so nice. I don't want to bend like the edges. I have to be so careful with it. And I'm like, I love that. Right, right. I almost smacked one of my friend's hands the other day because like he had it and he was reading my article in it, which I was like, oh, cool. But then I was like, you're folding it back a little too far. <laughs> Can you not fold it back that far? Just let it open itself. Right. Okay? Yeah, I don't want creases in my brand new skin in the city. Right. You're like not on my spread. Don't fold my spread. Right. Now, because this is your premiere issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have like a first copy that's like framed or saved somewhere, like tucked away in a... Yeah, we're going to. So like Haley has one. I have one. We just gave one to my mom today. But yeah, I think we need to like get like a special frame or like something to like memorialize it a little bit. Yeah. I don't... Right? Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. Think of something. Of course. Haley, add that to our very long list. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Never ending list of to-dos. I mean, you two have been so busy. Yes, we have been. Right. I hate when people say like, I'm so busy, but like, holy crap, we're busy. (laughs) Busy, like really busy. Yeah, but it's been so fun. You know, I love talking with people Mm -hmm. and I feel like now that's my job. So I'm like, oh, like, who do we get to talk to today? Like, yeah, it's great. Definitely, definitely. And talking about my favorite subject, which is skin and the beauty industry and business and all the things. Well, of course. I mean, this industry, 
I just, I love it. There are so many facets and so many angles that you can go at it, right? So whether you have a passion for being in the treatment room and just building a full-time clientele in your local community, or if you want to actually build some type of a brand or sell an item or just dedicate your expertise, you know, I just love all of the different facets and you can literally go in any direction that you want while still being an esthetician in the industry, right? Totally. I mean, never in a million years did I think as an esthetician that I'd be doing this, right? Making a magazine and creating a podcast and all these other things. But like you said, that's the great thing about this industry. We're not stuck just doing one thing. And I think people that get into this industry typically are creatives and they want to have different outlets, right? So we can do facials and waxing and makeup and spray tans and lashes and bras. And I mean, I could just keep going, right? Like yeah. all of the things. Exactly. Well, I have had some former students in the past that they were already on a career path in something, you know, like I remember one student particularly that she was already a journalist. And that was something that was her original passion out of high school, out of college. And then she was going to need a little board and, you know, mainly, and I don't remember exactly what she was writing about at the time, but whatever she was writing about, she wasn't happy with it. So she Mm -hmm. went to aesthetic school because she thought, well, it's something that she was really attracted to. She went to spas and got facials all the time. So she was like, oh, I'm going to go do this. It seems like something that would really feed my creativity. She went through the school program, ended up by the end of the school program, she hated it. You know, she actually doesn't like touching people. And she realized (laughs) this once she had gone through the program. She's like, honestly, I'm not interested in this. But she landed a job working back in journalism, but with that newfound knowledge and expertise in skin and skincare. And so she went right back into the industry, but this time with an actual passion Because she was writing about something, a newfound passion that she found. So she still loves skincare, but she just recognized that she was like, okay, I love everything about this business, but I have no interest in touching people. (laughs) Right. So she, she has added knowledge, but right. She doesn't want to touch people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. She's written some great articles. So I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, how cool is that, that you thought that you were going to change your whole career path and go a different direction. And then you ended up just taking that newfound knowledge, it was almost just like continuing education for your current career path. Mm -hmm. Right. I love that. And I think more people need to take that on. It's like, I think, you know, we go to school or we get a job and we think this is our dream job or this is exactly what we want to do. And then we get into it and we realize like, oh, I don't actually like doing this. Like for example, for me, like I didn't like waxing. So Mm -hmm. I just slowly stopped doing it. And that's Mm -hmm. another benefit of working in this industry. Yeah, definitely. Oh, God, I've gone through a wave over the years of I can think back of all the different services that I did and tried, you know, I tried lash extensions, and I did it for about a year. And no, like, I'm, <laughs> it was so tedious. And it was so, you know, I mean, even just the positioning, I mean, I'm six foot three, and a lot of my height, like I have long legs, but a lot of my height is also in my torso. So it didn't matter what kind of bed I had them on, how I adjusted them, I was always going to kind of lean over or hunch over in some way, you know, even though I tried my best to reposition my clients or raise the table or something so that I could be in a better position. But I did lashes for barely a year. And then I was like, No, no, you can hang that up. I told the salon owner that I was working at, I was like, find somebody else. I'm not on this. I was like, I'll continue with massage. I'll continue with my skincare or like waxing. You know, I went through a wave of doing body waxing. And again, 
didn't mind it, but it wasn't yeah. my favorite service to do. And then I, for some reason, well, I know why. I worked out of a salon that I was the only technician in a building full of hairstylists, right? So there were yeah. some of the hairstylists that became my clients and I did either Brazilian or bikini waxes on them. And, you know, women, word of mouth, they all started telling their clients like, oh, go see Ryan. Like, yeah, he's a guy, but don't worry. Like, he's great, really professional. Yeah. And before I knew it, like I was just doing nonstop bikini and Brazilians. And I was like, this is not what I set forward for myself <laughs> in my career. At no point did I think that I would come into work and be like, oh, all my clients today are yeah. <laughs> Brazilian waxes or oh bikini God. waxes. Like, I'm just going to stare at vaginas all day. This is great. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Things you just never expect. Yes. Look things you. you never expect. <laughs> okay, so this brings me to a question yes. for you. And I don't oh. think I've actually ever asked you this. Oh. When did you decide, did like you have like an aha moment, like I'm going to esthetician school? Like where mm. were you? Or like when did you decide that this is what you were going to do? Yeah. So I started back in 2004 as a massage therapist. And my specialty was in neuromuscular therapy and lymphatic drainage massage. So I've had a kind of a clinical specialty to massage that I always wanted when I went through my training. And I had looked around at a lot of like medical type spaces that I could work in. But, you know, I could work in like some physical therapy offices, but their positions for massage therapists were very pigeonholed to like specific activities. So, you know, I didn't see it as something I could like really grow in. Right. So. Right. I ended up starting working at a spa in downtown Atlanta. And then I got recruited over to this salon, like this manager. She was a really nice lady. She actually came to this spa to get a massage for me. And then at the end of it, she's like totally slid me her business card and was like, if you're ever not happy working here, <laughs> I manage a salon down the street. And like we were looking for a massage therapist. I was like, oh, wow. Long story short, like I get over to that salon where I spent the majority of my career building my clientele and it was strictly a hair salon and they had a separate spa space, basically one room built out where they had had an esthetician. But then when they like pulled all their clients, their clients were like, we'd love to see a massage therapist. Of course. So that's what got me in there. And then I had a roommate that was an esthetician. So her and I kind of got to always coming home from work, comparing notes, you know, like how many clients did you have today? How much money did you make? How much money did you get in tips? Like, you know how we are. We're like as professionals and friends, you know, we always like get the down low and like what happened with your day with your clients. Mm -hmm. So I noticed really early on that she was making much more money than I was. Mm, there <laughs> like you go. Very early on. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> And I started asking her more questions and really studying and doing the math. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm charging, you know, at the time I was charged like $85, $95 for an hour long massage. Mm -hmm. And she's charging like $120 for a chemical peel that takes 30 minutes. So she's making $260 in an hour. I'm over here with a little $95 in the hour. <laughs> you know, I've got one client within that hour making that service charge. And maybe that client tips me you know, 10 or 20 bucks, she's seen two separate clients that are going to tip her on top of each of those services, which are already double the amount that I was charging, right? So I mean, I'm like, okay, wait a minute, like, <laughs> I am in the wrong business. 
<laughs> and I would say as a massage therapist, you have to work way harder, like physically oh my goodness, so yes. much harder on your body. Yeah. You know, I think when you learn good massage, one thing that you're taught is body mechanics and body mechanics were really drilled into the school that I went to. Like that was a okay. huge part of our training. So I can say that, you know, if I was in full-time massage for a long period of time, like I would be very, very good at it. But yes, it's much more strenuous than applying a chemical peel, you know, I mean, <laughs> it just, much, it is. Yeah. much more strenuous. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was crazy because I reached out to the manager that managed that salon at the time. And I just said, Hey, I'm really interested in aesthetics. I know you had an esthetician here before. How could I get into this? And I mean, Thankfully, she was a very knowledgeable and ambitious salon manager that went out of her way to do a lot of the research for me and go, okay, here's what we need to do. Like, we need to go get you set up in some training. We need to like put you through a program. For the state of Georgia, originally, I went through an apprenticeship on my initial training. I did go back to school later on and actually do the full school training. But at the initial start of it, we just started me as an apprentice. And then I traveled to New York to actually work with Lydia Serfati, the owner of the Repishage skincare brand. And I mean, she's a phenomenal esthetician. She was like one of the founding kind of celebrity estheticians in the US from the early 80s with her four layer facial. So, I mean, to train under her was absolutely amazing. And I went to New York multiple trips to do, because she would have these like week-long symposiums. We would go through all of the product knowledge, all the ingredient knowledge. We would go through all the protocols. And I ended up being a trainer part-time for them in the Southeast or in Georgia and some of the surrounding Southeastern states after I'd worked with the brand for a while, you know? So it was a really, really cool opportunity and kind of a just serendipitous way it worked out. but. Oh, yes, definitely. (laughs) That's your path. That's the amazing thing. You just kind of followed your path. You follow the path, follow the opportunity. You know, you do your networking, you get out there, you know, you got to meet people, you got to put yourself out there. Of course, now we have social media. You know, it's crazy when I think about where I was in building a full-time clientele out of that salon. And at the time, Instagram didn't exist. And Facebook was something that, you know, there wasn't even advertisements on Facebook yet. It was just still just like a social community and you just posted random things to your wall. That was it, you know, and now it's like a whole nother level of involvement with social media. I wish that I had social media back when I was first building my clientele Mm -hmm. because it was all about you know, getting out there, driving around, going to networking functions. I was part of like a business networking group that I went to 6am every Tuesday morning, you know, like, I mean, just constantly handing out business cards, going to events, meeting people, volunteering, just doing anything I could to try to stay. Yeah. I mean, really though, to just try to stay relevant and stay in people's awareness in the community. Well, congratulations. I have to say that you did (laughs) even then and now it's so obvious, you know, (laughs) I think it's amazing. You know, it's funny you're saying like you wish you had social media when you started. And I say that as well. But sometimes, you know, I look at it as it was good and bad. Whatever was meant to be was, right? We didn't have social media when we started. So we kind of know how to like, you know, literally knock on doors and hand out those physical business cards. And I think in some ways, I think that did benefit us to where we are now. Oh, all the way. As an esthetician, 
you can grow a following, you can grow a community and a clientele much faster Mm -hmm. with Instagram. Yeah, yeah. But there's also a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's a lot of smoke and mirrors. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of smoke and mirrors. I love seeing the excitement on people's profiles now that people are getting into Instagram reels and they'll see how much like wild engagement one of their first reels will happen. And they'll be like, Oh my God, y'all, like I'm blowing up. I had over a hundred thousand people like, like this post. And you're like crickets the rest of the time. (laughs) Like it was like, that was your one. Like you go girl, everybody loved you for that one. (laughs) It's not as easy to go viral these days. No, it's not. You got to stay consistent. And that's the biggest thing. I mean, you know, I spent so much of 2020 writing a lot of articles and just getting a lot of just my general experience and content out of my brain and into this blog that I knew that I wanted to launch at the beginning of 2021. So, you know, I was lucky to have the time to be able to sit down and write a bunch of that stuff. But I mean, like, just the sheer, well, you know, I was talking to you a lot of the time I was developing it. And I'm like, holy crap, is this what you do? Like when I was building out the content calendar, and I'm working with the web designer for the site, and we're talking about, you know, building out the scheduling, and I've got to get an app to schedule all the posts. And I've got to now there's a scheduler that I got to purchase for the website, because the blog's going to auto load. And I'm like, holy crap. But I mean, thank God that we have these types of like apps and things, technology now that we can schedule a lot of things. You know, the generation is still very manual because I have to sit down on the weekends and be like, okay, what are we going to write about (laughs) this week? (laughs) Right. And sometimes you're not feeling inspired, you know, you got to feel inspired and you need to know what your audience wants. So speaking of what your audience wants, let's tell the audience if they don't know about your new website, about the new blog and how it can help them and benefit them. I'm already doing my new massage moves every day. Yay. And that's what I love. You know, like I said, I mean, creating the Beauty by Ryan blog was sort of like a therapeutic experiment for me because I needed a place apart from all of these brands that I've worked full time from. I needed a separate digital existence, which represented who I am as a professional in the industry, right? You know, I didn't come into this industry just starting by working for cosmetics. You know, I've been a licensed esthetician since 2004, massage therapist, makeup artist. Like I've done all of these things. I've worked with a lot of local magazines within my own state. I got the opportunity to represent three other brands prior to cosmetics and actually help with product development and marketing and sales. You know, I've traveled so much. I've traveled all of Canada, every single little tiny, crazy little town and big town. Like I've traveled and driven (laughs) or train ride most of Canada, all of the US, South America. You know, I snuck into Cuba to go deliver some skincare training to a resort property there, you know, years ago. Like it was crazy the things that I've done, but I needed to have a digital presence or a home that was like, okay, well, this is who Ryan is. Because Cosmetics does rely on myself. You know, I'm the global education director. So I help to create a lot of the content and the product development and the marketing around the products that you see and the positioning of them. And they do rely on me as a professional to really guide them that way. But, you know, when you go and search for like Ryan Christopher, you're going to find Ryan Christopher in cosmetics. So where is, yeah, (laughs) where's your source of content for Ryan Christopher and everything that he's done in his career? So that's really why I wanted to create it first off 
And I will say, if you go there right now, I've got about five blogs started on there right now. And that was just sort of a kickoff, kind of a soft launch package of content to get it there. And then I'll start posting, I think by the end of this month in February, I'll start posting new blogs on a weekly basis. And then it'll all flow out into the social media content as you've seen it so far. And like I said, it's all scheduled. Thank God. So scheduling. (laughs) But you know, I will say that the beautybyryan.com. So the purpose of it, even though we have a lot of estheticians that follow me because I am the education director for a skin professional brand, it's still very general information. And it's still information that can be consumed by professionals and consumers alike. Because my whole positioning. I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, like, what am I going to do? Am I going to ramble a bunch of skincare ingredients like everybody else does? Am I going to, you know, just create that? I really don't like that. I consider myself more of an artist in the sense that I'm just going to be very expressive. And I'm going Mm -hmm. to express the things that I see happening in the industry, factual things that happen in the industry, or I can respond in an intelligent way in this blog to things that I see happen in the industry, maybe even from a brand perspective that I might not even agree with, right? And I can't express those feelings through a brand channel like cosmetics or Alouette. I need to do that in an independent space where I can just say, hey, this is what I see going on as a professional in the industry. And I just want to let everybody know, like, this is where it's at. Or, hey, I see a lot of misconceptions happening around a certain topic. Let me just, from my end of the professional expertise, let me just set the record straight on that just from my end, you know, just so that you've got my two cents out there. Yeah. You want to speak for yourself, right? You don't want to speak on behalf of someone else. These are your beliefs and how you feel about whatever it is that you want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, think too, you know, there is a perception out there that when you see content from me, especially educational content that comes from cosmetics, I think there's a little bit of an assumption that's sort of like pre-branded content, you know, Mm -hmm. like, oh, well, Ryan's not only going to say nice things about cosmetics because he works for cosmetics. So of course he's going to say nice things, you know, and I try to tell people all the time, like I used cosmetics for 10 years prior, not even just 10 years ago, like for an extended 10 years prior to coming to work for cosmetics, I used their brand alongside other brands in my own spa businesses that I owned and then helped manage as well. So you know, I was involved in a lot of local spa businesses here in Atlanta, Georgia. And cosmetics was one of the brands that I ran into being stocked in some of the spas over the years. So I have used OptiCrystal and a lot of these hero products. I've done pomegranate peel for years on my clients and absolutely love this line. So yes, I am employed full time for the brand, but I'm also, you know, I'm not completely partial just because I'm employed there. (laughs) Right, right. And I mean, that's why I love you. You're sharing. Yes, if you're working for cosmetics, of course, you're going to share all the great ingredients and all the benefits. But I think you're working there. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth and you correct me if I'm wrong, but you're working there because you do believe in the products, right? You I do, do believe in the formulas. Well, I, it's, it's funny to say or make that statement. I believe in the formulas because I make the formulas like, now, create- right? So now I'm like, <laughs> I no, I know for a fact that this- <laughs> these are mine, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I've told them to put the knife. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know? Yeah. It's good. Yeah. 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 Like, it's good. I, I was gonna say he's whispering. You're not whispering. You're telling them. No. To put yeah. yeah, yeah. In there. I'm like, this is what we want. These are the key ingredients that we need. We need them yeah. at this percentage because right. this is what we've seen in studies that's proven to be effective, you know? So it's creating a roadmap. And then a lot of times it's not just, 
I won't say that every single product is that easy to where we just write out exactly what we want. I mean, we create concepts. Yeah, it has to be a concept. and then Right, it has to be a concept, but it has to be actually physically be able to be created, right? Like from a chemistry level. That's important, yes. But I mean, it's funny though, because there are a lot of people are involved in any brand. And I'm not just talking about cosmetics or any of the brands I've worked with. In any brand in the world, there are a lot of people generally involved in the creation and the ideation of these products. And it's based on a lot of trend information, a lot of data, historical buying patterns and things where we could say, okay, well, you know, everybody went really ham on the preset makeup palettes for the past like five years. We were like, everybody had their own branded color palette, the whole market saturated in palettes. So we expect that the consumer is probably going to shift back to more just preset, smaller, like couple eyeshadows and a blush color palettes that makes sense, right? And we can already see that buying habit start to happen. So like brands see that data and they start to make shifts in the next two to three years of their planning and their development, right? So it's interesting because we pay attention to a lot of those trends, but there are a lot of people at the companies, at these companies involved in making suggestions and giving feedback. And we have the same thing here. It's a team effort here at Cosmetics in Atlanta. So it's funny though, because I have been in meetings where somebody has pushed really hard for a concept, like a product concept. Oh, oh, we want something like a mask that has this and can do this and can do this. And I'll be like, well, that's just not physically possible on the planet of Earth. Sorry, it's a great concept, but it just can't happen. Like on a chemistry level, in reality, like, sorry. It's a great idea, but no, it doesn't work like that. Yeah, you can't mix those things together and create what you want. Yeah, I don't realize either. There's so much that goes into creating these products. So much goes into it. I mean, it's not just that easy, right? You know, we work with good manufacturing labs, companies that have chemists that are very qualified to create these formulas. So luckily, it's not so much a hit or miss for us because we have been a brand that's been on the market for over 20 years. So we've, you know, kind of gotten used to this development process. We're not a new brand. So when you come up with the concept, the concept's just the concept, then the lab starts to execute on that concept and they bring you back multiple submissions. You know, what we call submissions are just different lab samples of different versions. And I mean, I could get three or four different versions that would each ingredient list would be completely different, but all have a similar function or might have a different texture or color, scent, something. And I'll evaluate those, look at the ingredient list, really study what they've put together and see like, did it hit the mark for the concept that we've created or did they completely miss the mark and then give feedback based on that. So we just kind of go back and forth, working on these submissions, just whittling it down. When I get to the point where we've gotten to something that's truly on the mark for what we were going for, then we start looking into the efficacy of it. And that's when we start pulling in test groups of people in the office. So we have like an evaluation sheet and we'll pull together at least 15 to 20 people and have them all start using this particular formula in a routine and giving us feedback, but they have to stick to the routine that we've given them. They can't use anything else. So, I mean, we just completely disrupt people's lives all the time in our (laughs) office. They're just guinea pigs, right? Constantly. But I mean, they volunteer. They volunteer for it. You know, I would volunteer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Haley would be a guinea pig. Yeah. You guys can mail me whatever. I'll try it all. I love it. 
You know, my skin, it's funny. My skin goes in waves. I mean, I've tested so many different things and I prefer to test. I don't have to test them all myself, but I prefer to test them myself along with the test groups of people that we do. And so I go through lots of bad skin weeks sometimes Mm. where we're testing some things that are just not for my skin type at all. But I want to have the experience. You know, I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to smell it. I want to know what our customers are going to experience when they get these products on their skin. And that's really cool. It is so cool. And it's also so important. You know, I think just as an esthetician in general, like if you haven't used every single product that you're putting on your clients that you're selling, you probably should. I mean, what yes. give me your opinion on that. Because for me, like I wouldn't use stuff on my clients until I've used it on myself. Because I got to know, like you said, how it feels, how it smells, how it reacts, even though, of course, they're much different of skin types than me. I feel like my own skin is kind of like a baseline, which then, you know, we're kind of torturing our skin as estheticians, but (laughs) we got into this industry because we like to mess with our skin and things. Yeah. No, you know what? I'll speak to it from a couple different angles because this is actually a very relative topic that I see happening from a business perspective. And I see this happen a lot. It, It used to happen in the spas that I managed in the past before I worked on the brand side of the business. Okay, so first of all, just like you said, if you're an esthetician that owns and operates your own spa and you are taking on a skincare line, like you're going to invest in a particular brand or more than one brand, whatever, to offer your clients these products, then yeah, you should physically test and evaluate every single one of them. Not necessarily from a perspective of, oh, are they effective or not, but you should just be able to explain to your clients firsthand what their experience is going to be. You know, like, oh, I'm recommending, like, I don't have dry skin, but I can recommend this moisturizer to you because it has this one ingredient in it. You're going to love it because when you put it on, it feels really rich and creamy and it takes a little bit to absorb. But, you know, I remember when I tried it, I felt really dewy like all night long. I even woke up dewy the next day. I mean, when you say those kind of things, it's that verbiage is what gives your clients the confidence to purchase it from you and take it home. When you really give them that firsthand experience, when you're just spouting off a bunch of active ingredients and being like, oh my God, it's got tetrahexyl ascorbate and it's going to be so brightening. You know, like (laughs) the clients, right. They just glaze over. They have no idea what you're talking about, but they're not going to correct you. They're just going to be nice and they're going to go, okay, and shake their heads and nod. And then they're not going to buy it, you know, or even if they do, they're not going to know what to do with it. But, you know, you need that firsthand experience. Now I'll say it from another perspective, from more of like a spa manager, spa owner perspective. So It drives me crazy when estheticians are working in a spa, you've got a whole shelf of products to sell and recommend to your clients, but you only sell the ones that you've deemed are your favorites. Mm. Insane. Drives me insane. Mm. Like, absolutely insane. Obviously, I don't see it happen with individual operators where you're just working by yourself because... The fact of the matter is, is that if you're an individual operator, you're probably only going to purchase and stock the products that are your favorites anyway, right? So you're just not going to invest in a whole line. You're going to be one of those estheticians that just cherry picks specific products, which, by the way, doesn't really make you a viable buyer for brands out there like skincare brands see that type of buyer as a very exhausting person. They're not really going to make a lot of money with. So I mean... Just FYI for those <laughs> listening. I mean, if you are a cherry picking esthetician that's like, 
if you've ever reached out to a brand, I know you're out there, the ones listening, <laughs> I know you're out there. You've reached out to a brand and said, oh, I want to carry your line, but I only want to carry these five products. I don't want to carry anything else. Like they don't want your business. They don't. Like they might open your account because like, sure, whatever, but they don't want your business. They don't. When brands look for potential spa partners, whether you're an individual operator or you're operating a multi-room spa, a brand's looking for a serious business owner Mm -hmm. that understands that we've created this whole assortment of product in order to help you as a business person be able to catch as many of the different skin types, skin conditions, and personalities that are going to come through your door. And you're going to miss out on a lot of retail sales if you're just stocking your top 10 favorites from your three favorite brands that Mm. gave you a very, very low opening order minimum, you know? So it's just that kind of thing that you have to think through. Like what type of business model are you trying to set up for yourself when it comes to selling retail product? Because if you are just going to cherry pick some of your favorites and create this really odd niche assortment of product that you really, really like, then you're just going to miss on a lot of clients. But if you support your business with a full brand, and you don't have to stock the shelf six products deep if you're a single room operator, because you're never going to go through that much product before it goes bad. But if you do start your business where you dedicate yourself to one full brand, and you're able to offer a range of cleanser textures, a range of treatment serums that have different ingredients to address different conditions, you know, a range of moisturizers to catch all the different skin types you're going to have then that's when you increase your level or the odds of success when it comes to retail sales in your spa, because you've created a variety that your clients can shop from. And you've actually given that client a little bit of confidence because of the fact that you've put confidence in a single representation. You know, actually from a consumer's perspective, when they see a bunch of random brands and like maybe one product from this brand, two products from that brand, three products from that, and it's just kind of a mishmash, that doesn't help a consumer. Like a consumer doesn't know right. how to shop it's, that and they just get... confusing. It does. It gets confusing. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, you are there as the esthetician to make the recommendation. I'm Absolutely. just saying I've seen statistically it'd be more successful if you just invest in a single brand just to get started, you know? Just to get started, show that full representation, show that confidence, you know, marry your brand marketing with that brand's marketing so that it really shows a strong marketing strategy. And then as you get yourself through and get your client volume going, then you can expand into other product brands. But, you know, get a good foundation first, (laughs) right? Or your own. Yeah. I mean, I can say from personal experience, and Haley, I think you can probably speak on this too. Like when I first started, I definitely was probably cherry picking also because I just didn't have like the funds to like stock my shelves. But over the years, as I built my business and my clientele, and I was a fully stocked cosmetics stockist. Yeah. Even if I only had two of everything, it just gave because each client's skin is unique, right? Every client's skin is unique. Every yeah. single person needs the same cleanser, the same serum, the same moisturizer. It's very rare that people are going to be on the same routine unless you just, like you said, you get stuck. Like everyone has, okay, like I do have to say, like we do sell like a lot of clarity, but it's not like every single person has to have clarity. And if they don't have breakouts, I'm not going to give them clarity. Of course, there's always those products though, that are going to just like sell a little bit more. Yes. Like, you know, okay. For us, when we were super busy, you know, it's like three to five of everything. And then it's like Haley knew she needed to order like 10 
clarity and 10 simply brilliant you know yeah. people were going through this a lot faster but i it's, can say from personal experience and for me to mentally wrap my brain around using the one brand and treating those clients skin for me using multiple brands seemed confusing to me as an mm. esthetician and if i felt confused then for sure my client's going to be confused it's yeah. like well why am i going to use that cleanser from that brand and not this one. What's the difference? And then as the esthetician, you're like, uh, I actually don't even really know unless there's like <laughs> very specific reasons. But usually I think like you're saying, it's better to stick with one full brand. That's the reason they have brands is to have a collection of hopefully a little bit of everything. And I will say, you know, because I know a lot of estheticians out there are listening or just like you said, and I mean, just like myself, when I was in my own individual operation, most of us don't go into this with a lot of capital or just investment mm-hmm. money ready to just invest three or four thousand dollars in a whole skincare brand. You know, like that's crazy. Most of us don't have that money. There are a great handful of brands out there that are professional only brands that offer like zero no minimums. Minimum. You mm-hmm. can just open an account with them and you can just start ordering still really good quality brands, skin script for example, and you were using one of their masks the other night. I saw you were putting one of their masks and I loved it, but I love their mask and their enzyme peels. I love the scents, their enzyme peels. You could do all kinds of seasonal treatments with those. So I absolutely love them and they have no minimum. You can just go to their website, have your esthetician license, get signed up and start ordering. So there are a lot of great brands out there. And I would say that it's just a great place to get started. Just get that consistency going in your treatments, get it going in your brand retail representation. And then you can start leveling up, you know, as you start to make money and you start to put some money to the side for your future investments. And what's the next brand you're going to introduce or what's the next service or is there a device that you're saving up for? There's always a way to level up. And I would say even companies like universal companies, universal companies, a lot of people forget about them. God, but, I was going to say, I haven't ordered stuff from them forever, but I, I order from them all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, they've recently, in the past couple of years, they kind of revamped and refreshed some of their assortments and their brands. But I mean, they sell everything. They sell disposable supplies. They do have some skincare brands under their belt. Right. They've got some body products. You know, there's a variety of things. The Spa Mart is another business, mm-hmm. very similar to Universal Companies, that they have an assortment of brands that partner with them along with disposable supplies. So, I mean, again, Those brands don't require, you can just order whatever you want straight through those distribution setup companies. Repressage actually started the same way going through Cosmoprof. You know, that's how Mm -hmm. they did a lot of their primary distribution. So that's one of the cool things about this business too, right? Is that you can get started with very low investment and really start building your business. The thing that terrifies me, oh my God, you want to know what terrifies me? So I have been to spas like quality spas. I've been to med spas where I've opened the cabinets and I have seen like some freaking like Queen Helene moisturizer or like some type of Walmart brand. What? Like nice apricot scrub, maybe. I've never seen an apricot scrub. I think they knew better, but I mean, I've seen some horrible, horrible, you know, shortcutting things happening in some treatment rooms. It's scary scary what's out there it is <laughs> when i go for spa services i'm the one like i'm the one that you don't leave me alone in the room because 
I will open all the cabinets and look in all the drawers. I do. I'm not going to steal anything. Unlike some other clients that steal stuff. But I mean, like, I want to open up the cabinets and see what the condition is. Because if it's clean and organized in there, then I'm going to feel good about the service that I'm about to get. But if I open up these cabinets and it's a hot mess, uh, like I'm going to be getting a facial with one eye open. Like, (laughs) like, what are you putting on my face? (laughs) (laughs) oh god i mean but that's honestly that's why i'm doing the podcast the magazine i feel like even though there's so much information out there somehow people still don't know that they shouldn't be buying walmart products to put in their back bar you know no offense to walmart you know oh but come on right we have licensed professionals and people are paying us hundreds of dollars for these services do your education exactly. or you're just like throwing stuff on people's faces. Exactly. But I do have to say, even when I started as a solo esthetician renting a room, again, this was in 2011 when, again, social media wasn't as much of a thing. Right. It was hard to know where to start. You know, I was like, where do I even find back bar? You know, mm-hmm. the internet was around, obviously, but like, it's not like it was now. It well, yeah, brands weren't more. even that good at presenting themselves online. No. So, yeah, no. you had to so. find like a local sales rep or something. Mm-hmm. Well, right, right. So, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, for a newer esthetician, like you said, they can't afford five, six thousand dollars to open, you know, a big account. Go with one of the smaller brands, you know, that's Mm -hmm. going to like a zero minimum basically to open an account. And also don't get stuck on that. You have to use that product the rest of your career. I get a lot of questions like, Casey, how did you decide the skincare lines that you do use? And like, how did you find them? And if you guys haven't listened, go back and listen to episode number two, where I talk about how literally cosmetics fell into my lap. And I was lucky enough that it did happen and that they're fabulous products to use. But just because you start your business or you're working for someone else and you learn a line or you're trained on the line, doesn't mean you're stuck with that the rest of your career. Not at all. I I think people get so stuck like, okay, I'm using SkinScript. Like I have to use it the rest of my life. And on the other end, I understand because there's so many skincare lines out there that it can feel overwhelming to you know, introduce a new line when you finally maybe gotten a little bit comfortable. But I'd say don't be afraid and to continue to educate yourself and learn. You know, I know we've talked about this before, but I'm going to keep talking about it that like, I learn every single day, you know, it's like, I have boxes over here with skincare lines. And I'm like, Ooh, what's in this? What does this do? How is this going to help me or my potential clients? You know, so don't get stuck on like, just the one brand that maybe you started with, because that's all you could afford. Yeah, that's exactly right. I try to look at it more from an organized perspective now because it's like, okay, if I'm really going to go into this from the start and I have low investment money, then yes. First, I'm just going to research all the brands out there that offer a zero opening order minimum. Just who can I sign up with just with my license and just get going, right? Once Mm -hmm. I know who all of those are, then I'm going to go and I'm going to like a checklist. I'm just going to go down the list, each and every one of them, research them, research the brand positioning, research the formulas, and really make a decision from there. Okay, which is the one that I like the best? There might not be any of them out of the list that I'm like, oh, these, I totally, you know, vibe with everything about them. No, I mean, there might still be something negative that I find in each and every one of them, but I'm going to pick the best one that's from not only an ingredient perspective, but, you know, the packaging looks good. 
the price point is within reason for my clientele in my community. You know, right. there's so many people that listen that are all across the US. And I mean, from city to city, it can be very different. You know, the price point of a facial from LA to Atlanta, very different. You know, the people that live in these two cities and what they're willing to spend on their skincare at home, very, very different, you know, different. so <laughs> we just have to keep those things in mind. But yeah, start where you can and then start to work your way up, sell through that inventory. Right. I was never a numbers person, but there are certain things that you do have to force yourself to get good at when it comes to numbers, unfortunately. And it's not hard math that you have to get good at, thankfully, (laughs) but you can set sort of a profitable roadmap for yourself. And so what I would tell you to do is to save a little chunk of money that you're going to say, okay, this is going to be my investment money that I'm going to use to buy that first stock of product from that brand that I like that has no opening order minimum. But then go ahead and do the math, like map it out. Like what's the actual retail value of what you're investing in so that you know what your return on investment is going to be. So you know for a fact that I've purchased X amount and it's going to return X amount of dollars once I sell every single one of these bottles. So then when you get to that point, that's when you say, okay, so out of that total profit, I'm going to take this chunk of that total Mm -hmm. profit because I know I've got this amount of money has got to go back into my business to cover my expenses and help me to reorder. But then I can take this chunk of that profit and I can set it to the side. And when I turn that inventory at least three times and keep setting that little chunk of profit off to the side three times, then that three times chunk of profit that I've just saved is going to be my next investment capital for the next brand that I've been researching that I want to go invest in, right? So you just kind of keep yourself organized and set those goals so that you're making your money work for you and your business. And then each time, you know, you kind of level up, you know, but what are you leveling up to? Are you leveling up to better formulas? Are you leveling up to just a more better known brand that might sell a little better because it has better consumer recognition? Are you leveling up to something that actually gives you more profitability? Because I mean, if you're really a business owner, you're going to be looking for products that give you the biggest return on your investment Mm -hmm. as well. So You know, there's a variety of things that a smart business person is going to think about when it comes to investing, but it doesn't have to be daunting. And I remember years back being in that position where I just was like, holy crap, where do I get started? But you know, what's so funny, that same feeling that I had back then, like, oh, holy crap, what do I get started that, you know, kind of weight on your chest, like, I don't know where to do, I don't know where to get started. It was the same exact feeling I had last year when I was trying to write this blog and set up this website. You know, it was like, oh my God, what am I doing? You know, how am I going to get started? Like, I don't know what to do. And if you succumb to that, then you just become completely counterproductive, right? So, you know, my biggest, yeah, I mean, you can, it can paralyze you. I didn't even realize, you know, it's so crazy. I operate so confidently at work, but when I go home at night to write my own content, it's like I become like this petrified, like, What what just happened? Like, why is this so difficult all of a sudden? It's your name, right? It's all. It's yeah. It's it's coming directly from you. Yeah. Which is also so great because then you can be proud that it's all you. Yes. Yeah. You know, I think things feel very daunting for all of us, and you know, I like how you broke it down. How you can easily save money and reinvest into your business, 
And these are the things that estheticians don't always think about, but you need to be thinking about them. They need to be talked about. And, you know, just put one foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. Yes. And like make a list and then another list and then another list. And you got a lot of lists, but you got it. You got a lot of lists, but the list will help you get there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, hey, you know, if you ask my mother, I was a brat, like I was a bratty child. I was a rebellious child. <laughs> we both were, Ryan. We yeah, both were. I never wanted to do anything I was told. And you know, it's Same. funny that that personality kind of stuck with me even as I got older. It was like growing up, living on my own and working on my own as hard of a worker as I was. I also had like this little rebellious child in the back of my mind that was like, I knew all the right things I was supposed to do, but I intentionally sometimes just wouldn't do them because I'm like, oh yeah. Sabotage. Yeah. Self-sabotage. Exactly. Like, oh, well, you know, you know, I go to sit at all these organized meetings where they're like, oh, well, you know, you can be more efficient if you like make your lists and write down your goals. And then (laughs) you check them off at the end of each day and you review them at the end of each day. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need a list. I don't need a list. And now I'm here like in my thirties going, okay, let's see. Let me look at my list. Hold on. Right. I'm like, hold on. Let me go back to my list. I I can't answer that question for you. I have to check my list first. One moment. 20 lists. I I talk about this with Haley all the time because Ryan, we are very similar with our Mm -hmm. rebellious and like, don't tell me how to do it. I know how to do it. I'm just going to do it. it Right. Which I think is a good as like an outside perspective, that's part of your drive. I mean, that's what's like making you do all these amazing things is like, you can tell me that you can tell me that, but like, watch me, like, right. I'm going to do it. <laughs> but that's yeah. great. <laughs> well, thank you, Haley. Yes. You're welcome. Thank you for that support. You're welcome. I love um, this sisterly love. Aw. We love. Okay. But did you fight as kids? Yeah. Mm, I mean, it was mostly like, Casey was my boss. Or her. Really? Hmm? Okay. Yeah. So things have not changed. Oh, no. No. (laughs) No, I'm not mean to her. She's not. We were super, you know, it's really funny. Okay, we'll just talk for a second. Quick story. Quick story. We were just going through, we just did a full new photo shoot. We're doing a full rebrand, a new website. Just, you know, because we're not right. And we're going through the pictures today with my mom. And there's this picture of Haley and I in the bathtub together. Oh. And literally just like Haley and I've been in the bathtub together since 1993, <laughs> you know, and literally nothing has changed. I mean, Haley and I, even though we're almost five years apart, we've always been super, super close, but uh-huh. I've always been the boss, like full yeah. on 110%. Like poor Haley, like I'm just in charge and that's just how it is. It's just like ingrained inside of me. You know, I'm the oldest. You have that like oldest gotcha. thing. I'm very independent. I'm very bossy. (laughs) Haley's personality actually works very well with mine. I don't know if she turns. It does. The way she is partially because of me. I I think that's not like, that's not like go me. Right. Yeah. No. But I think it's just how Haley came out, honestly. (laughs) Yes. I think I was born this way, but our personalities, they work. I mean, it's what creates all this stuff. All the things you're doing. Yeah. We have a lot of fun. She puts up with my crazy, but yeah, we were definitely very close as mm-hmm. kids. When I became like a teenager and Haley was still like at a kid, there was a gap, a real big mm-hmm. gap at one point. Like, yeah, I was just a bitchy teenager. Like, mm-hmm. well, I think we truth. all were. Right. Yeah. Preach, right. sister. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's just, saying yeah. it. You know, I wasn't <laughs> nice to anybody really. No. Myself, right. So definitely thank not. Thank God we got past that. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. but 
if you haven't figured out, I'm a lot. Like I'm a lot. But Haley, <laughs> we figured it out, Casey. You Thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Haley helps me. You know, Haley like levels oh, me great. out. She's patient yeah. with me. You know, I'm learning from her to like chill out sometimes and exactly. vice versa. But mm-hmm. yeah. See, like, you support each other. Yes. We do. We That's do. wonderful. At the end of the day, we both want the same things and we're, you know, our number one cheerleaders, we're both supporting each other, which is amazing that we have that. Yeah. It's so amazing. It's like, it's so cool to see. Yeah. Um, And I never thought we would be here like creating. all. I was going to say it's a really good dynamic for a healthy working relationship along with family. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome. And I mean, the age gap obviously is I mean, it's different, but it's close enough still that you guys could grow up together. You know, I have Mm -hmm. an older brother, but he's 10 years older than me. So when I was a little kid from like being born all the way to eight years old, we just pestered the hell out of each other because (laughs) he was, you know, already lived on earth 10 years prior to me Mm -hmm. and had had his only child time. And then, so by the time he was becoming like a bratty teen, I was coming into the picture. So we basically just tortured each other. And then we became friends as adults. You know, once I was in my 20s and he was in his 30s and we were both out of the house and doing our own thing, you know, now we're like good friends. But as children growing up, that 10 year difference was just torture. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's that's a lot. Mm -hmm. Especially with you being the younger one. I know that's probably hard. (laughs) I will say on the latter half, you know, because obviously by the time I was like nine, 10, he was out of the house. So then I got to have my teenage years by myself as an only child, which was actually really cool thinking back on it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was nice. It was actually it nice. It worked out in your favor. Yeah, it did. It did. I was still an angry teen, but I was yeah, not a sibling to We all were. We all were. We, we all were. Agreed together. We would have been <laughs> All right, Brian, now that we've been talking for like, I don't even know how long. It's wonderful. We covered so many good things. We did. We We covered a lot of great topics. Yes. I feel like we could have like a 10 hour podcast. Well, this is why I'm a regular thing, right? This is why I'm a (laughs) regular This is maybe like one of 10. This is like episode one of 10 or however many we're going to have Ryan on. We have Ryan on, you know? Yeah. Ryan, tell us where everyone can find you, your Instagram, your website, all that good stuff. Yeah. So I am at beautybyryan.com. That is my blog site, links to all my social media and my YouTube. So www.beautybyryan.com. Very simple. And then my Beauty by Ryan Instagram is beauty underscore by Ryan. And that's where I am on Instagram. I do have my RC skincare Instagram as well. But as I said before, you know, Beauty by Ryan is now my just strictly professional. I'm going to stay very professional. I'm just going to keep it all skincare content related there. And then RC skincare, you know, God only knows what you're going to get. Like, it's just my daily life. Most of the time, I'm not that active on social media anyway. I'm way too busy at work. So like most of the time I wake up in the morning and I post something and then you don't see me for another five to six hours until I'm home again. So you know, RC skincare is just still going to be my profile where I'm just going to post whatever the hell I want. And then Beauty by Ryan is my professional site for all things skincare and beauty. I love it. Yeah. I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Yeah. I'm Thank excited. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being Thank a part you. of Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be a part of Skin in the City. And I hope everybody's enjoying the first kickoff article, but, you know, already working on the next one and super, super happy to be a part of it. Yeah, we can't wait to hear what you're writing about. It's going to be. Yay. 
Yay. <laughs>